0: what is good everybody welcome back to another episode of the kevo bands hoops podcast man back at it again today friday february 25th i hope all you guys have had a nice productive and successful week so far this week as we wind down heading into the weekend man and i just want to tell you guys today always 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 prioritize your mental health especially nowadays the world is slightly a bit more crazier than usual do whatever you must do. If you got to cut off a family member, a friend, do what you must do to protect and prioritize your mental health because you cannot help other people if your mental health is not intact. So always keep that in mind. But of course, we are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. We are still demanding justice for Jacob Blake. And we're gonna to continue to demand justice for anybody out there that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murders because it simply needs to and it must stop. Point blank, period. And also, we are sending our love and our prayers and our thoughts to the country of Ukraine. It is very unfortunate what is taking place over there. Sadly, things are just like this for reasons that we really don't know or can't fully comprehend. But again, we're sending all of our love, prayers, and thoughts to the country of Ukraine, man. But today, honestly, I'm going to be 100 with you guys. I really did not even want to do this episode just because it's so much going on in the world. But then I thought about it, like sometimes sports can be a real gateway for a lot of people, or excuse me, getaway for a lot of people to get from whatever's going on, whether it's some crazy stuff going on, or it's just a lot of hectic things going on, which it pretty much is all the time. So I decided that I must talk about my Michigan State Spartans, who are on a current three-game losing streak, and they have lost five out of their last seven games. Games. And in that three game losing streak, they lost to a gritty Penn State team, which was a bad loss, even though it was at Penn State, still a bad loss. They then played at home against the top 15 ranked Illinois team, where Tyson Walker had a great second half. They were kind of playing from behind the entire game. They made a comeback, and then Illinois just hit a couple big time shots, especially from Trent Frazier, that big time three over Max Christie to pretty much seal that game. And then a couple of days ago, we went to Iowa City and got ran off the courts against the Iowa Hawkeyes on the same night that they retired the legendary number 55, Luca Garza, who was one of their greatest players in their program's history. So shout out to Luka Garza. But today I want to talk about the five issues that I've noticed even when we were winning games with this Michigan State squad. So the first one, this team lacks defensive intensity and they have a huge defensive rebounding problem. Now, the funniest and most ironic part about that is that rebounding and defense are two staples of Coach Izzo's program and what people identify Coach Izzo as the head coach of Michigan State for, right? And so I noticed this for pretty much the entire season. And I see players like we have really good individual defenders between Jaden Akins. Tyson Walker's been really good. You know, Malik Hall's pretty solid. Joey Hauser, even though he's not the most athletic, he's still pretty good when it comes to getting into angles and things like that. But as a team, our defense has been lacking a lot so far this season, especially within the past month and a half. The defensive intensity just has not been there. I miss the days when Michigan State defense will get steals and get easy opportunities on the other end of the floor, or when Michigan State defense will slap the floor as a collective and not just one player doing it and the other four doing something else. This team needs to get in sync fast because right now, defensively, it is a huge issue. And especially when it comes to rebounding, like, I can't even just blame Marcus Bingham and Julius Marble, who are our two centers on this team, including Mighty Sissoko, who barely plays, will make it the third center on this team. Rebounding is a team effort. And I noticed, like, earlier in the season... This team did a great job of rebounding as a collective. Gabe Brown will go down and get rebounds. Jaden Akins is a hell of a rebounder. AJ Hogard will go and get rebounds. Like Rebounding is a team effort, and I cannot emphasize that enough. And right now, I just don't see that effort. It feels like every time a shot goes up, it feels like it's four dudes from Michigan State watching instead of boxing out, and it's one guy that's boxing out trying to get the rebound, and then the other four to five dudes on the other team are ending up with the rebound and that is a problem. So that's the first one. The second one, and honestly, this might be the most crucial issue for this team, is that Gabe Brown and Max Christie have been playing horrible basketball because they are trying to shoot themselves out of shooting slumps in their past three games. For Gabe Brown, he has shot four of 23 from the field, including two of 15 from the three-point line. And then Max Christie, in his last three games, and the three games that we've lost consecutively, he has shot 9 of 30 from the field, including 1 of 10 from the three-point line. I didn't even look up the percentages. I know 1 of 10 is 10% from the three-point line, which is not good. But all in all, I just watched Steph Curry. Before the All-Star break, Steph Curry was going through a pretty rough shooting slump with the Golden State Warriors. And I believe, and I'm under the impression, that Stephen Curry is the greatest shooter the game of basketball has ever seen. And one thing that Steph does to get himself out of shooting slumps is he attacks the basket. That is the best way to get out of a shooting slump. And I just have not seen Max Christie and Gabe Brown do that. Now, I will say this. In the game against Iowa, they both attacked the rim one time. Max Christie did it early in the game and it got blocked. He made a really good move. He was almost at the rim. It just got blocked. And then he just didn't do it again. And then Gabe Brown, he did it. And for some reason, he missed an easy layup and he just never attacked the rim again and so I'm just looking at them like if Steph Curry the greatest shooter the game of basketball has ever seen if he knows to attack the rim when his shot's not falling then what makes you guys no offense to Gabe Brown and Max Christie who I love to death but why do you guys continually try and shoot your way out of a shooting slump the way to break out of a shooting slump for all the young hoopers out there that are possibly listening to this podcast you must go to the rim whether it's to try and get a layup or whether it's to get fouled and go to the free throw line, because the free throw is probably the easiest opportunity at points that you're going to be able to get. And you just want to see the ball go through the basket. And that's my biggest thing. Like, I love Max Christie, and I love Gabe Brown. And when this team was at its best, Gabe Brown was performing at a high level. But ever since he's got into the shooting slump, this team has taken a big dip in production. They just do not look like a top 25 team. They barely look like a top five team in the Big Ten. And so that concerns me because I know they can hit shots. But if you're going to try and keep shooting shots to shoot yourself out of a shooting slump, you are not helping the team. And as much as I love Gabe Brown, if he's not hitting shots, then honestly, he's not really playable. As much as I hate to say that, that's just the truth of the matter. And I could almost make the same case for Max Christie. But luckily, the thing with Max Christie is, even though he doesn't necessarily get to the rim, He loves to take that mid-range pull-up, which is still a tough shot nonetheless. I'm not even going to try and discount that or discredit that. It's still a tough shot, but at least it's a more high-percentage shot, and I know he's actually trying to attack the defense and stay aggressive. And so my biggest issue with them is that those two guys, they are Michigan State's starting shooting guard and small forward. And at the same time, Gabe Brown is a captain of this team, so this team needs him to play not even at a high level, but at a consistent good level because otherwise, again, this team is – not even a top five team in the Big Ten. So I need both those guys to get it together and not even just attack the rim because, look, if you're a Michigan State fan, you know Gabe Brown is not the type of player who you give the ball to and you say, go and get a bucket. No, Gabe Brown is a catch-and-shoot shooter. He's a spot-up shooter, and the only real time he's going to attack the rim is when the ball is going from side to side and he beats a closeout. You know, it's a closeout that he has the angle and he has the advantage and then he can try and get to the rim. But if it's not like that, if it's a one-on-one situation, he's barely going to put the ball on the floor. And if he does, he's probably going to pass right after he dribbles because that's just not his game. Max Christie can go. The reason I get frustrated with Max is because I know he should be a lot more aggressive than he has been. And yes, he is, he has been pretty aggressive for the most part, but I just know he could get to the rim at a much higher rate than he's even attempting to. It doesn't even feel like he's trying to. It just feels like every single time he's taking a one-drill pull-up and he's liver dying with that move. And that's just not the right thing. And I also know that right now, Max Christie, just being honest, as a freshman, he has physical limitations playing in the Big Ten because the Big Ten is a physical basketball conference. If you look at Max Christie, he is a skinny, lanky dude. So he can't really get to the rim 24-7, of course. But I know he could get to the rim way more than what he's shown this season. That's why I need him to be better. So that's the second problem. The third issue, and I noticed this again, early in the season when we were winning games in the battle for Atlantis and early in Big 10 you know, conference play, this team, and this is my one and only knock on our point guards, A.J. Hogart and Tyson Walker. This team is not good at all when it comes to transitioning in the fast break because it's so, I can think about so many plays where I felt like Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogarth could have made a right pass for easy layup in transition, and for some reason, they just did not see it. Like, it just didn't happen, and then we end up getting stuck in a half-court offense, and if you know, our half-court offense is not that good because once the play breaks down, all it is is a point guard pick and roll, and that doesn't really translate into quality possessions. And so we need to start taking advantage of the fast break because once you start to play better and better teams, You only get a limited amount of fast break opportunities. And when you get those opportunities, you must punch them in. Because if you don't, you're literally taking points off the board for your team. That's literally exactly what's happening. So I need both those guys to be better in transition. And it frustrates me too, because as a point guard, the one thing you want to do is get the rebound and push the ball and get easy opportunities in the fast break. Like you have in the fast break in transition... You get to play free. You get to play loose. You get to find the open man and just run. And any point guard that ever plays basketball wants to do that for the most part. It's no real point guard that just wants to bring up the ball every single possession and run a half-court offense. It's no way. Unless you're the coach's son or daughter, then maybe. But every point guard, for the most part, they want to get out, have fun, get up and down, and get easy looks for their teammates and especially for themselves. And so I want Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard to be not even just more aggressive in transition, but just to be smarter because I know they could get easier points and buckets in the fast break. So that's the third issue. My fourth issue, Marcus Bingham, man. And it's not even Marcus Bingham because a lot of this, I'm going to be honest, it goes back to Coach Izzo and the coaching staff. Like As much as I talk about the players and what they can be doing better, a lot of this falls on Coach Izzo and his coaching staff. Like The first issue that I named when it comes to a lack of defensive intensity and a defensive rebounding problem. Yes, that falls on the players, but that also falls on the coaching staff just as much because, again, those two things are staples of Tom Izzo's program. So this issue is actually the weirdest one to me because I can just not explain for the life of me why this is even an issue. But the lack of trust that the coaching staff or Coach Izzo, I don't really know who it is, but I think it's Coach Izzo, the lack of trust that they have in Marcus Bingham, Junior is so scary and I do not understand it. And the reason because Marcus Bingham is legitimately our only rim protector on this team. And in the past three games where we've lost again to Penn State, Illinois, and Iowa, Marcus Bingham is only averaging 13 and a half minutes per game. Your starting center is only averaging 13 and a half minutes per game in a 40 minute ball game. That's concerning. And I know Marcus Bingham has always had just like Max Christie, physical limitations. He's very skinny. I understand that. And I know they've said he's had some stamina issues and all these things, but it's no reason for your starting center in the Big Ten, especially when you got guys like Kofi Coburn, Hunter Dickinson, Trace Jackson Davis, just to name a few. It's no reason for your starting center, Marcus Bingham Jr., to only be averaging 13 and a half minutes. That's just not good. And this is nothing against Julius Marvel because I actually like some of the things that Julius Marble has given us this year, especially on the offensive end of the floor. But Marcus Bingham, he helps us become a much better defensive team just because of his instincts. And also, too, I will say he does have a knack of getting into foul trouble that he does need to be better at, especially him being a senior. His fourth year in the Big Ten, he should be better than what he is. I understand that. He does have a foul trouble program. But I honestly feel like if Marcus Bingham played down the stretch in the game against Illinois, we probably would have won that game. You know why? Because Marcus Bingham is a better defender than Julius Marble, and he would have done a better job on Kofi Coburn than Julius Marble did. And again, this is nothing against Julius Marble. I don't want anybody to think that I'm taking shots at Julius Marble because I appreciate what Julius Marble has given this team this entire season. But the fact of the matter is that this team is better when Marcus Bingham is on the floor and contributing, whether it's giving him the ball in the post, whether it's him being a stretch big and being able to knock down three-point shots things like that, whether well, it's just him running down the floor and getting good and early post-up opportunities. Little things that he does translates into easier offense, and it makes everything easier for his teammates. And that's why I'm just so confused by what's going on because it's no reason that he should only be averaging 13 minutes per game. That, that just is mind-boggling to the highest extent. I just do not understand it. So I'm hoping that can change. I don't really know if it will. Um, I'm very concerned about this because, again, he's just such a good rim presence that we need that. We need that rim protector to hold us down. Because, again, we have good individual defenders. Our team defense, it needs a lot of work, and the chemistry is not really there fully. But when Marcus Bingham is on the court, Michigan State is simply a better basketball team, most specifically on the defensive end of the court. So I'm hoping they can figure that out. Now, my last point, and honestly, this one hurts me to even say the most just because I know this team is better than what they've been showing us the past few weeks. And that is, this team simply just does not play for each other. I'm watching this team play all season long when we're having successful offensive stretches in games. I look at our point guards and they're not continually feeding the hot hand. They're not finding the wide open man like I just mentioned in the fast break and transition opportunities. It just doesn't seem like this team is that connected. And I seen. Reporters asked Coach Izzo a few days ago, like, who's the leader on this team? And he said he doesn't really have any leaders on this team. It's just a whole bunch of really good basketball players and good human beings. And, yeah, that's nice, but sometimes you need a leader. Because even Coach Izzo himself, he has one of the best quotes a basketball coach has ever given when it comes to basketball. He says, a player-coach team is much better than a coach-coach team. Meaning, if you have players that know what the coach wants and they're putting it on the floor and providing that for the rest of the team... That's way more powerful than anything Coach Izzo can say. You know why? Because those guys at the end of the day are actually the ones on the court playing against the defenses and playing on offense. You know what I'm saying? So I just the the lack of chemistry is is crazy. And it's a lack of identity too. It really is a lack of identity. And all season long, we've been hearing about how this team has so many different guys that can, you know, catch fire on any given night. It's no real alpha on this team. It's no real, you know, NBA player for now. I think we do have two in the future, and Jaden Akins and Max Christie. But right now, they're not getting the ball as much as they should And That's another thing. Jaden Akins should be getting the ball a lot more than he is. He honestly probably should be playing point guard, but that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. But nonetheless, though, I'm not giving up on this team because I feel like every single season, we go through a three-game losing streak in the Big Ten. I don't know why it just happens every single year. Even when we have Cassius Winston, who's arguably the greatest point guard the Big Ten has ever seen, Even his teams will go on three-game losing streaks. That's why I refuse to give up on this team, and I'm just never going to give up on Michigan State basketball whatsoever. And I've been seeing people saying that we could miss the tournament, we could be a bubble team going into Selection Sunday, things like that. Well, we're going to have a chance to prove ourselves. Starting tomorrow, we host Purdue, a top-10 team in the country. Jaden Ivey, Matt Painter, and the rest of the Boilermakers will come into East Lansing, and they will play us for the one meeting that we have in the regular season this year and then the rest of our schedule next week we're going to play at Michigan in Ann Arbor Michigan just had a really good win against Rutgers a few nights ago then we play at Ohio State Ohio State just had a, a huge win last night in Champaign against Illinois and then to finish off the regular season we play Maryland for the second time in East Lansing so we are going to be going through the fire we are going to be put to the test and this team is going to be battle-tested heading into the Big Ten Tournament and hopefully the NCAA Tournament. I believe we're going to make the NCAA Tournament. That's not my concern at all. My concern is that this team is not going to realize just how good this team is because it is a lot of talent on this team. And I will say the bright spots for this team have been Jaden Akins, our two power fours between Malik Hall and Joey Hauser, and flashes of Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogarth, especially Tyson Walker because that game – that second half that he had against Illinois was special. It just sadly wasn't enough. But I still have faith in this team. And it wouldn't surprise me if we get the job done and win versus Purdue at home tomorrow. I'm not saying it's a guarantee because, honestly, I think Purdue might win this game and they probably will win this game just because they're the more complete team as of right now. But this team isn't terrible. They just have not realized their full potential. And that's the concerning thing because you have a lot of veterans on this team between Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham. It's so many veteran players on this team that have been in and played in big time college basketball games. And I don't understand why these guys aren't taking the initiative and fueling the fire for the rest of the team to hop on board and to buy in, not only to what Coach Izzo is trying to say, but especially what those guys on the floor are trying to say. So hopefully we can turn things around. You know, I don't think that this team is terrible. I don't think that they're necessarily elite. I think they're a really good team. I think they're a solid team so we'll see how they're able to build off the rest of the season. I'm I'm super curious, but for now we'll see. It starts tomorrow again with this game versus Purdue. I'm not saying that if we lose this game that it's the end of the world. If we win this game it could be a big confidence booster. But in these last four games I hope that we go three and one. If we go three and one I'll feel so much more confident about this team going into the Big Ten tournament. But if we go two and two or God forbid one and three then honestly, I'm going to just be glad when the season is finally over. But I still have faith in this team, and I refuse to give up on them. And hopefully they realize their full potential, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys if you made it this far, man. Shout out to Nuts and Sports. I actually just dropped a great article for Nuts and Bowl sports. sports earlier this week on Jalen Williams from Arkansas, one of my favorite players in the country that hardly anybody is talking about. So please go check us out for all your sports news and needs. I promise you, Nuts and Sports has it for you. I'm also featured on Nuts and Bowl Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other really dope and talented content creators and podcast hosts. So please go check us out on our long list of sports podcasts. And as always, man, This has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops podcast. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the podcast. As always, you guys be safe. I will talk to you guys soon. Peace and love. Gone.